Welcome, Wildcats, to Weaver State Weekly, the newest member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, a man who is rocking essentially the same hairstyle today that he was back in March 2006, Colby Peterson. On the pod today, a man who was doing the true Wildcat thing, working full-time and going to Weber State full-time in March 2006, Dustin Chapman. There were like five years that were a complete blur. I, I don't really know where they went other than I got a degree out of it. Next, we have a man who was skipping high school to go watch March Madness games in March 2006, AC. That's right. I was watching Weber State Wildcat Ben Howland lead his team to the Final Four. I'm ready for some basketball. Go Cats! Mm. And finally, a man who was so poor as a newlywed in 2006 that getting into the Purple Palace for free on his student ID was considered a hot night out on the town with his lady, Mr. Sean Lewis. Let me tell you, it was a special night if we got to pay three bucks for a soda. Love those days. The true love and, and we're still together. The best thing that's ever happened to me was marrying that lady. Sort of like a lady in the tramp soda thing going on at the Purple Palace. So on today's show, we have a very special episode for you, Wildcat fans. We have a player and a coach interview. We have with us head basketball coach Randy Ray and senior guard of transfer Isaiah Brown to chat with us about the upcoming season, uh, recruiting during COVID and a number of other things. So looking forward to that interview with the Big Sky's winningest coach in history. Next, we're going to be putting it to the panel. We're going to be asking them uh, some way too early questions, uh, way too early men's hoop starting lineups and some awards, even though the season hasn't started. Hey, we love to project here at Weaver State Weekly, so we thought, why not? And finally, we went and got Waldo's Magic 8 ball this week, and so we're going to be asking it some questions about hoops this time. So looking forward to hopefully getting better answers than we did last time, because for some reason, Waldo's Magic 8 ball was really salty. But first, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to this show. And uh, feel free to rate us if that's possible on any of those apps. You can also find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter is one of the best places to interact with the Weber State Weekly Fan team. And also, if you are a huge Wildcat fan, which you probably are if you're listening to the show, uh, tell your friends. If you have friends who are Wildcat fans, you know, we're getting ready for Wildcat basketball very soon. And uh, tell them about Weber State Weekly and the great content that we produce. We're getting great interviews like Coach Ray and Isaiah Brown. And uh, would love to get in the ears of more Wildcat fans, whether they're in Ogden or beyond. All right, Wildcat fans, we are proud and just elated to have with us tonight on Weber State Weekly head basketball coach and Weber State staple coach Randy Ray. And we have senior guard a brand new transfer from Grand Canyon. We have Isaiah Brown with us tonight as well. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on Weber State Weekly to chat. Absolutely. Thanks, thanks for having us. Coach, we wanted to start with you with a quick question. You know, you've been a staple, like we said, Wildcat legend here in Ogden. And so we wanted to ask you, uh, what has made Weber State such a special place to have, you know, had you stay here for such a long time when, you know, no doubt you've gotten offers to go to other schools, but you've remained a, a, a true Wildcat. Tell, tell us about what makes Weber State special for you. You know, it's it's and we've had some chances to do some things, obviously, but, you know, I keep telling my wife and I talk about it and I talk, we're really, we just, we're happy here. We're really happy here. And it's kind of fits me. Uh, I'm a farm. I grew up on a farm in Iowa. I'm kind of a blue collar guy. And I, I love the blue collar community. I love the people in the community. They seem to be kind of fit who I am and, and the same way at the university. Uh, and, the university itself is, it's such a, we have such a great culture up there as far as uh, everybody is together. Everybody is helping each other. Everybody's got each other's back. 
And, and I absolutely love that, uh, love that culture. And, uh, you know, when things have come up, other jobs and so forth, it hasn't taken long to dismiss them because, you know, I, I've been told by a lot of uh, mentors and other coaches that you never take a job for money, you know, be where you, you know, stay where you're happy. And, and me and my family just love it here. And we've just, we've been happy and uh, we hope to continue for a long time, but it's, it's a really, it's a great place that way. And it just, and I love the kids we get to coach here. Um, you know, you, sometimes you go to the higher levels and, uh, it's a little bit more of an entitlement kid. You got to get and five-star, four-star guys. I'm not into all that stuff. You know, I, I love the kids that we get here and the kids we get to coach. Uh, most of them are just appreciative to be here. They love Weber state. They're, they're all about winning and doing it for each other. And, and uh, to me, that's what uh, that's what college basketball is supposed to be about. And so I love the kids we coach and I love the community we live in. Definitely the case. Like you said, Ogden is a blue collar town for the most part. And uh, the folks that come into your program up at Weber State are usually the kind of folks who got to they got to work hard. You know, this is not a this is not a Duke. This is not a North Carolina. You have to work hard to show out in a place like Ogden. And so uh, with that, I wanted to ask you, Isaiah, you're a, a new face up on campus. Uh, this will be your senior season as a college athlete. And so we wanted to ask you, um, what was it about Weber State that made you want to spend your season, senior season here? Yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of the things, you know, I'll echo what Coach Ray said. I mean, you know, nothing's given. You just got to earn everything, you know, that, that you get. And that's how it's always, you know, been for me, both in my life and in my basketball career. You know, I've just kind of had to be a guy that, you know, I, I was never really given anything or given any kind of accolades that I didn't deserve, you know, anything that I've ever been given or any respect that I've ever, you know, been awarded has been based on merit. I had to go work for it. I think the relationship between me and Coach Ray was, you know, was something that progressed really fast um, during my recruiting process. And I think it took like nine days or something like that. And even over the course of those nine days, you know, I felt like I had knew the guy for, you know, for years. And so just, you know, a family atmosphere, talking to not just Coach Ray, but the entire staff and, you know, those guys checking on me, both as an athlete and as a person. And, you know, it was a lot that went into it. But, you know, the Weber State community is one that I think matches a little bit of the chip, you know, that I got on my shoulder. And, and you know, as a, as a team and as a program, that's something that you know, we bring to the floor. We bring to practice and things like that. So it was just the perfect fit. And, um, you know, it's, it's been even more apparent, you know, the more time that I've spent here that it was that way. Awesome. Uh, Coach Ray, I, I have a, a question or two for you. You're, you're replacing a player that's uh, the program's all-time leading scorer and started a lot of games in Jared Harding. It, it's never easy to do that, I don't think, in any program. <laughs> so yeah. so how, how do you retool after after losing such a high-volume, you know, minutes and points guy like, like Jared? Well, I've said this quite a bit since Jared has, has left. You know, you don't really replace him with with one guy. I think it's a team that you replace him with. We've got some guys that are going to be able to score the basketball whether it's at that clip that Jarek scored, I don't know for sure, but we never intended to just fill his shoes. We intended to get a lot of really good basketball players and then do it together as a team. And everybody's pitching in and everybody's scoring the basketball and, and do it as a team, you know, and have probably, you know, maybe a little bit more balance. Uh, I think, you know, Isaiah can obviously really score the basketball. We've got some other guys that can do it. But when we've been at our best here, we've had a lot of guys pitching in at more balance. And I think that's what we tried to do when we put together this team is not just replace one guy, but just get a whole bunch of good basketball players. We got some older kids this year, kids with experience, kids that have played in division one programs before. So they kind of know the routine a little bit. 
Now, the thing that they've had to do was adjust to our culture and how we do things. And I think sometimes we do things a little bit different. I'm kind of an old school guy and expect certain things and certain effort every single day. But but I think as, as a team, I think uh, that's what we're going to look at, you know, replacing Jarek with a, with a bunch of guys, not just one guy. Coach, can I can I segue from that about, uh, you know, this re- this recruiting uh, season was a little bit different. You had the middle of a pandemic and you replaced nine guys on the team uh, from last year's know. squad. I've heard you talk many, many times about building chemistry and the chemistry on the team. What's the challenge for you this year integrating nine guys into the team, building that culture uh, that you expect here at Weber State and and getting those guys to work together, especially as we're condensing the season a little bit and you don't have some of those non-conference games. Yeah, you're right. That's the biggest challenge, I think, is when you bring in this many new guys is to get them on the same page as quickly as possible. But I do think when we recruited these guys, you know, and we couldn't, you know, with the COVID and all the stuff, we couldn't go out and recruit and kids couldn't come to campus. And so we spent just tons of hours on the phone with our kids and the guys who were recruited, just trying to get to know them and, you know, developing those relationships. So in one way, it was good that way. But, you know, I think in recruiting, one thing we've always tried to do is be extremely honest with every kid that we recruit and let them know that this is how we do things at Weaver State. You're going to have to earn, like Isaiah said, you're going to have to come in here and you're going to have to work hard. And you're not going to get anything handed to you. I don't care who you are. You're going to have to earn it. We're going to expect you to give your best effort every day. You need to play with a high level of toughness and you need to be able to give up yourself for the team and for your teammates. And we talked about that in recruiting. And I think when these kids get here and got here, I think they had a good understanding of what it's going to be like. You know, I think in so many programs, sometimes, you know, recruiters blow smoke up kids' butts and tell them how great they are and tell them all the things they want to hear. And then when they actually get there, it's not the way it is. And I think that's why you see a lot of kids transfer because they haven't been told the truth in recruiting. And we tried to go the opposite way. We, we do tell them the truth. And, and then when these kids get here, you know, I told them from day one, hey, you know, we've got some guys here that you got to check your uh, personal agendas at the door because it's not going to work here. We're going to play together. We're going to play as a team. You all need to give up yourself for your teammates. And if you do, this could be really, really good. And, you know, it wasn't that hard with these kids because, number one, I got some great kids. They are high character, high integrity really good kids that care about each other a lot. And they got on the same page quickly because they are the same type of kids with high character. And so I think they hit it off pretty quickly when they got here. And then I think we got a bunch of kids, like Isaiah said, putting a chip on their shoulder. We, we got some kids coming from programs that haven't been able to do what they can show or show what they've been, uh, are capable of doing. And uh, they, they want to prove it up themselves and they want to prove it up as a team so that's been our message. We need to, we've got something to prove here. We've got players that are looking to prove something and our team's looking to prove something. And, and I think that has kind of brought our team together as well. We've got, cause we've got a lot of those kind of guys, but so far so good. These guys have really came in and sacrificed for the team and they're playing really well together. And, you know, we need to play some games to get that game chemistry going and, and get on the same page, but I think it'll come pretty, pretty quickly i really do so i got a question for isaiah ib we've heard a couple times now we actually had cam davis on a couple a couple weeks ago and he told us that he thinks you're the leader of this team and then in media day i think it was also alluded to that you're kind of the leader of this team so it's interesting to me 
that in before the season's even started on a team with a lot of transfers, yourself included, people have already kind of identified you as the leader of this team. So I'm curious, what what is it about you? What qualities do you have that make you a leader of this team? I mean, I think from a leadership perspective, I think that that's something that I'm aware of. And obviously, you know, the position that I play, that's an important responsibility that I have. You know, I've been in, in that position for the majority of my basketball career, I've always played, you know, the position. And so, you know, leadership is something that when I was taught the game, it was just as important as, you know, shooting and handling and, and being able to pass. That was taught that you can't play the point guard position if you're not that guy. Like I've spoke about infatuation with quarterbacks, you know, that's that's kind of where that comes from. And when I talked to Coach Ray and, you know, before I committed and, and every day since, that's what we've talked about. You know, we've talked about being a quarterback and a guy that has everybody's uh, best interest. And, you know, my main job is to make sure that everything is operating the way that it should, you know, be operating and be in plays when I need to make plays and, uh, you know, be aggressive when I need to be aggressive, but also being cognizant of every single one of my teammates as well. So I think I'm just aware of that. I've been in situations, my personality, I think I, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty even keel guy. So I think that's something that I've learned over time is helped me in, in that leadership position because I'm able to kind of keep people level-headed because I'm usually myself that way. But I mean, it's it's a position that I don't take lightly. It's the most important responsibility that I have. So having my teammates believe in me and my coaches believe in me to be that person and, and um, you know, to have that voice is really important to me. And then, and then obviously making sure that I'm, I'm I'm carrying out that responsibility the right way is, is the most important thing. So Isaiah, I, uh, I loved reading the story from, from our guy, Brett Hine about you, uh, you know, growing up in Anchorage and, and traveling summers to Seattle for AU basketball. I mean, coach Ray mentioned blue collar. I mean, Anchorage, that's, that's, that's as blue collar as it gets and, <laughs> and, and traveling to, to play ball. I mean, that, that is, that is a blue collar mentality. Talk to me about that. I mean, what was it like growing up traveling and 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 having to make those sacrifices to play basketball? And 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 how did it help you become the person you are? To be honest, I didn't really realize that it was that big of a deal in the moment. It was just I was just a kid. I just wanted to hoop, you know. And and the fact of the matter was that you know my my dad understood that I, to have an opportunity to play basketball at the level that I wanted to play it at, I was gonna have to gonna have to move on and, and get some better competition. And so that meant that, you know, I was going to have to find a team in the, in the lower 48, as we call it up there. But in the moment, it wasn't necessarily something that was a big deal for me. I was leaving on Thursdays and I'd have to get a note to my teachers and tell them that I wasn't going to be in school and I'd be gone Thursday to Sunday and, you know, come back Monday morning like nothing happened. Um, and that was just kind of, that was a normal thing for probably two years. The two years before I ended up moving to Seattle, I was in Houston at first and I was in California for a little bit. Um, in LA and San Francisco. And then I f- finally kind of found a team in Seattle through a family friend of ours. And that just kind of, you know, stuck and it ended up being the best situation for me. But yeah, I think that mentality was, you know, kind of, I guess, formed, you know, in those years, kind of looking back on it, I just wanted to play. And I was, I was going to do whatever it took if I had to fly across the country and play a game and fly right back. That was basketball was worth it to me. So yeah, it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily a, a hard thing a complex thing. I've always willing to do whatever it took. And I think, you know, it started there before I even really realized it, I guess. Coach, I wanted to uh, ask you a quick question. You alluded to this a little bit earlier in your comments. You're talking about, you know, this group of guys that we have here this season. And um, we're obviously a part of the Big Sky Podcast Network. And so a lot of the other podcasts have have put out their rankings of what they think is going to be happening in men's basketball in the Big Sky this year. And they have Weber State in the in the upper tiers, as we should be, as you know, the kind of 
program that we are. But uh, one of the question marks from nearly everybody is uh, about chemistry. And so I wanted to ask you about how uh, how are you as a coaching staff helping to get these guys together and build that chemistry as much as you can without you know game day situations and those kinds of things? What what are you folks doing to help hurry that along and and get guys to jail sooner? Well, one thing we do when we first got these kids here in uh, July was that's one of the first things we talked about as a team. That you know again I I mentioned if you if you're here because of a personal agenda or you think you're going to come here and do something on your own and it's about you you're in the wrong place because you won't be here very long. And just talk to the guys about, hey, we all want to have success. And when we have success, everybody prospers. So we need to all buy into playing for each other, giving up yourself for your team, caring as much, if not more, about your teammates than you do yourself. Get out of your own way and get out of your own head and quit thinking about you. And that's just something we've always been about, Weaver State. And so we talked a lot about it early on. And then you really got to, you got to get it done on the court. You know, you got to, when you get everybody playing with the same effort and everybody playing towards one goal, whether it's a drill or a game or whatever, it takes everybody on that team to be able to accomplish that goal or win that, whatever you're doing is. And so, uh, and so everything we do here is about team first and, and all about team. Everything we talk about is team, team, team and playing for each other. And I think once you keep that message going, I think these kids realize, and then they get on the court and they realize, and they start to see success. Hey, if, if we play together as a team, we could be something pretty good. And so I think kids start to realize that and they start to enjoy playing basketball when everybody's involved and everybody's doing something to help their team. And so it's just something we've done this many times. We've had a lot of new guys in our program throughout the years. And it's just kind of basically it comes down to this is what our culture is. And we've got to get our kids understanding the culture and then get into to be able to perform that way on the court. And uh, and so far, like I said, in practice, you know, the kids have really done that. I can see this constantly with our guys making the extra pass or taking charges for your team or or setting a good screen for your teammate. Try to free them up. And we really respond to those things when we see them on the court. You know, this is what this is who we are. Take some time, but it's uh, but like I said, so far I think the chemistry has been good, and I'm sure people are going to wonder about it. But uh, I'll be honest with you, right now I'm not that concerned about that. I think we're we're headed in that direction in a good way. Coach, I've got a schedule question for you, and I'm going to preface this by saying I I believe I'm a realist in that uh, in the one big one bid league like the Big Sky is, your season comes down to three days in March in Boise. And, and it, a lot of fans look at it as success or failure based on uh, uh, whether whether you succeed in Boise or not. All right. Mm-hmm. And, and I've always seen the season as, OK, if we've got a we've got a peak with three days in Boise, um, that means January and February is the, the setup to get you in the best position for three days in Boise. And November and December traditionally are the the get you ready for the conference season right and you've been you've been really great about you always saying we'll play anyone anywhere so this leads me to the question um sometimes our teams have started a little slow in november and december um and i feel like you're getting that chemistry down and getting the rotations and getting things set up those non-conference games again setting up for the conference season to set up for the tournament so uh, i understand the philosophy there and the slow starts have never really bothered me on the, in those seasons but I've, I've got to ask, you're starting out with two conference games right off the bat way early here in December in the shortened season. How important is it for the team to get, I'm sorry, this is a long question. 
But how important is it for the team to to get out to a fast start this year? Because if if you stumble out of the blocks, you're already in an O2 conference hole. Yeah, it's always important. You know, it, no matter who you're playing, you want to win every game, right? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and we have, we've always played one, you know, every year we play one of the top 25 or 30 schedules in the country. We will play anybody. And I, I don't, I, I want to win every game, but I also want to prepare our team for league. And so for that reason, you know, our schedule has been really difficult throughout the years. We've uh, we've made maybe have taken a few losses, but I think it pays off for us when we get to conference. But yeah, this year is different. I mean, this is this is weird in every way. Right. I mean, it's weird and there's no fans. It's weird that, you know, some teams may show up and not be able to play because of a positive test. It, uh, it's just, you know, our kids have not, it's weird because our kids have not been allowed to be college students this year, to be honest with you, you know, part of going to college is everybody wants to play basketball and hoop and, and, uh, and obviously go to class, but part of college and being a, a college student is enjoying social life and get togethers and meeting people and being around people. And we just, we just can't do that. Nobody can do that right now. So it's just really, really strange. Our kids go from their apartments to the gym, from the gym to the apartments. And basically that's about it. Um, anyway, to get to your question. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always important. You know, um, we're going to start off real early with a conference game against really talented team, you know, in Portland state. Uh, they're always one of the more talented teams in the league. They're, they're kind of in the same boat we are as they, they also recruited nine new guys and took some transfers and some older kids, which they normally do. So, um, but you know, you can think about this and say all this stuff. Bottom line is, let's get prepared to go play, and let's go try to win a couple games on the road. And uh, you know, if you don't get it done, it's not the end of the season. You got 18 more, but uh, we never think that way. We always think going in, we're going to be successful, and we're going to go find a way to get it done. And that's what we're going to do. And they're playing early in the in the season as well as we are. So uh, we're in the same boat. Every team's in the same boat. You know, it's what you've done up to that point. Has it prepared you well enough to go on the road in a tough place against a really good team to have some uh, to have some success? So um, we're excited about it. I'm, I'm excited. Okay. Like I said, I, don't, I you know, hey, if they want us to go play Portland State down at the park at 10 o'clock at night, I'm good too. Let's go. Pull, pull, pull up the cars at the park, turn on the headlights, and 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 hoop it yeah. up, right? Yeah, let's yeah. go. Hey, if hey. there's a if there's a score scoreboard and a couple officials, even if there's not. Hey, it's time to hoop. Let's go. Let's get out. I, I had a I had a, a quick follow up to that. The the back to back games in one city to reduce travel and such like that. Does your strategy change much playing both teams back to back like that? Well, you know, one way in one way, yeah, it could because let's say you 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 got knocked off or you lose that first game, you might have to make some quick adjustments. You know, my hope is we've got a little bit of an older team that might be able to and we've got a pretty smart team we got guys that pick up things really well i think it could help us as far as having to make some adjustments in that uh on that day in between and and adjustments to to give yourself a better chance to win on saturday so you know i like the fact that we do have an older team and a a team that's uh that's had some experience so there's going to be adjustments made because there's going to be you know whether you win or lose uh if you win you know, maybe you look at maybe stay, doing the same stuff that you did that night without a few adjustments. But if you lose, you're definitely going to have to make some uh, changes. So I got another question for Isaiah. I'm curious. All the scheduling talks got me curious as to what you think about it. Is there a certain game or a certain weekend that you got scheduled on your calendar? Something you're looking forward to more than a, a little bit more than the other games? To be honest, man, not really. 
Uh, I'm looking forward to all the games probably equally. And I think I, you know, I, I speak for the guys, you know, when I say that, I think we look at everybody, you know, we're, we're going to play, we're going to play everybody like that's the game we got circled. And, you know, that's, that's my mentality. Obviously I'm, I'm new to the conference, so I don't necessarily have any, any, any bad blood history with anybody else. I it can all be the same to me. I want to beat everybody the same. I, every game will, will be a rival game mentality. However you want to say it, I approach everything that way. So whether it's Portland state or Eastern Washington or Southern Utah, whoever's playing against Weaver that night is is the enemy. I think we'll approach it like that. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to how, however many games are. I'm looking forward to all of them. Isaiah, I wanted to wrap up our interview here by giving you the last word, last question. Um, this will be your final season as a college athlete, and so I wanted to ask, kind of, uh, what do you hope to accomplish, man? Like, what is the what is the the thing that you hope to wrap up your college athletics career? in a Weaver State uniform? First thing I want to do is win. I mean, that's that's the most important thing from an individual perspective, um, doing my job and being a player that I need to be for my team to be the best that we can be so we can win. That's my goal. So that's going to be a night-to-night thing. That's going to be however many points my team needs that night for me or however many assists or charges or if I got to guard the best player or if somebody gets hot and I got to try to keep getting him the ball so we can win, that's that quarterback thing, you know, that I keep coming back to. If it's if it's time for me to make plays and and, and bring us home, I got to be able to do that. If it's time to, you know, exploit mismatches and, and, and be able to win the game that way um, on both ends of the floor, just whatever that means um, on a night to night basis. You know, that's that's my main thing. We collectively have a, have a chip on our shoulder, I think, as a team, as a program. Um, that's definitely something that is a big part of my game and my personality. So I always feel like I have something to prove and I'll always be playing to that. But, you know, my main thing is, is, is winning and then being, you know, being the guy that I need to be so we can win uh, a lot. So that's, that's my main thing. Well, uh, Isaiah, senior guard, Isaiah and, uh, coach Randy Ray, appreciate both of you for taking the time tonight to come and chat with us on Weaver State Weekly about uh, the team on uh, the schedule coming up in the next couple of weeks. We'll be facing Adam State on Wednesday next week and uh, really looking forward to it. So appreciate you both and uh, looking forward to hopefully seeing you in the Purple Palace after the 1st of January if things work out. <laughs> hey, thanks for having us, guys. Appreciate it. And thanks, uh, yeah. hey, thanks for all you guys do for Weaver State, too. We appreciate all your support. We really Thank do. Thank you, Coach. All right, we want to thank Coach Ray and Isaiah for coming on Weaver State Weekly this week to talk a little bit about hoops and what to expect this season. Really, even though there's a lot of question marks around nine new transfers to our program, really excited for what the future could bring. And according to a lot of the preseason polls on other shows in the Big Sky Podcast Network and, and other places, it looks like the Wildcats will be ranked in the top tier of the Big Sky this year. So, We're going to turn to our panel now and talk about way too early starting lineups and awards. So we're going to be asking the panel who they think the starting five will be when the when conference play begins. And then also a couple of the questions about who they think the MVP will be and also who they think maybe the defensive player of the year will be. So with that, I wanted to go to AC. AC, who do you think? the starting five will be when conference play begins. All right. My starting five, I think this team, I I think we're going pretty far. I think we're going to see significant improvement. And this starting five is the starting five that's going to do it. At your point guard, you got the one and only Isaiah Brown. I think he's the unquestioned leader of this team. He's the team's representative at Big Sky Media Days. 
Uh, Cam Davis even told us that he's the leader of this team. Isaiah Brown's going to be this team's starting point guard throughout the entire season, barring injury. At the two, I think you got a guy who's playing a crucial role, carrying over some of last team's uh, last team last season's energy, last season's uh, knowledge, communication. You got Cam Davis. Excellent defender, super athletic, coming off an injury. I think he's a very important player for this team. Cam Davis going to be your starting two. At the three, small forward, you got the transfer from New Mexico, the man who can jump out of the D event center, Tavian Percy. That guy, I mean, he didn't get a ton of time at New Mexico. He's a junior this year, but his athleticism, something that we haven't seen at the D in a long time, maybe ever. I don't know if y'all saw, but he's got that video that he put up on Twitter, on Instagram of him jumping up and setting all kinds of records with his vertical. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Power forward is going to be Michael Kozak. He can play inside. He can play outside. He's he, he can do it all. This guy, he's awesome. He was great for us last year. Super humble guy. Uh, he's a lot of fun to watch, too. Michael Kozak is going to be this team's starting Four. At the five, I think it gets a little bit interesting. I think the most talented five on the roster is Dante Bassett, but the issue that you run into with him is he's hurt. As of right now, as of today, this recording, he's hurt. And so on opening day, I think the starter is going to be David Zaquezi, and he has made some serious strides, improving a lot since he's gotten to Ogden from everything that we've seen, everything we've heard. And so I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing that he's going to be starting. I think that this team's deep, and I think David Zaquezi is proof of it. But as the season goes on, as Dante Bassett gets healthy, he's going to be your starting five. With that five, your sixth man going to be Zaire Porter. This team, I'm telling you, we're going to be top three, top four of the big sky this season. Can we just give some dap to AC for saying Zaquezi? I can't even get it out to give him the props for that. But uh, well, well done on on the tough name. Hey, I got you. So with that, guys, uh, we've kind of got uh, a good projection, I think, of who the starters will be when conference play begins in December against Portland State up in Portland. Uh, but we've got a lot of new faces. And so who do you think is going to make the greatest impact? Who do you think the MVP is going to be? Chappie? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say our guy Isaiah Brown. IB was... You heard it from that interview. I, I was, I was excited hearing him. Um, he has, he has that it right. He, he mentioned numerous times in that interview that that QB mentality. Um, he, he's going to be a different, in my opinion, different player and a different MVP than the MVP of the last few seasons, which was which was Jarek Harding. You know, he's a connector. You could see that Isaiah. He wants to help others. He he wants to get everybody around him involved in a new team with a bunch of new players that mentality is going to be very, very important. And I think it's going to lead to him being um, the MVP of this team this year. Hey, Chappie, I want to follow up with you on that, that, uh, that pass first mentality and getting the other guys involved. I remember a young freshman coming in and back in his junior season guy named uh, what, what was his name? Damian Lillard. I, I don't know oh, what yeah, happened yeah. to him. Yeah, I heard about um, him, yeah. Seemed like every game in the purple palace, we would watch with him. He'd spend the first half getting the ball to everybody else and getting everybody set up, set up so he'd, they'd have their games. And then it was game time in the second half. And you'd look up in the, in the second half and he'd be at 30 points. You're like, well, where did those come from? I don't remember him scoring that many because he dished it so many, many times. I hope that uh, IB uh, has that same mentality. Set everybody else first and then go get yours. Hey, babe, on that note, I didn't get to say it when we were interviewing them. We, we were short on time, but – if there, Coach Ray mentioned workman's mentality and and no entitlement, um, and Isaiah Brown certainly had that too. But 
the, the big thought that kept coming to coming to me as they were talking about that was if there's anybody in this world, potentially the most, the, the, the professional athlete with the least amount of entitlement, <laughs> it, it's, it's our own Damian Lillard. So I'm, I'm really happy to, to hear that out of coach Ray and, and IB, I, it's going to be fun to watch him play this year. Very true. And uh, like, like coach Ray said, if you're coming to Weber state, you got to earn it. You got to work hard. And I think that it sounds like he's got a good group of guys to do just that. So now the final question we have for Sean Lewis is we've talked about the MVP. We've talked about the starting five, but defense defense is a place where I think this team could greatly improve after last season. I uh, struggled, I think on defense in a number of ways, we were the worst in the conference at defending the three point shot last season. And so I wanted to ask Sean Lewis, who do you think the DPOY will be of this team? I want to say uh senior guard or center transfer Dante Bassett is, is was my pick and, and, uh, locking down the middle, we we see that on the professional level with Rudy Gobert uh, here locally. That uh, locking down the middle can can change a team uh, dramatically. But uh, if Dante's going to be a little bit hurt, I think I'm going to go back to our guy uh, Isaiah Brown uh, and and being able to defend on the guard line and help him with that three point uh, defense. But for me, where we've got to improve is rebounding. And I think we've gotten a little bit older, we've gotten a little bit bigger. And being able to rebound is going to help the defense more than anything because you're taking away the second chance shots um, and second chance opportunities. There were a couple of times in the Purple Palace last year when you're just like, gosh, are we ever going to get a rebound and get these guys off the offensive end? And, you know, we'd get two or three stops and 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 then they, you know, on the 16th try that the other team would score a basket. And you're just shaking your head that we couldn't get couldn't get the rebounds. So uh, I'm looking forward to more defensive rebounds. Uh, from the team. Um, I'd really like to choose Dante Bassett. I, I flipped a coin though. And if he's going to be hurt to start the season, I, I think it goes to Isaiah Brown. I think that's probably a fair take. And, and uh, I, looking up the numbers from last season, uh, Weber State was in the bottom three of the conference in all three uh, rebounding categories. So definitely uh, a statistical segment to be improved. And hopefully that makes a big difference. So with that, uh, we'll look forward to the hoop season, which will be getting going next week against Adam State. We'll have uh, a little bit more about that in our upcoming events section. Now we want to turn to Waldo's Magic 8-Ball, and this will be a hoops edition of the segment. Uh, we're going to ask Waldo's Magic 8-Ball questions from our panel, specifically about basketball. Weber State has long been dubbed a basketball school, and in spite of recent football glory uh, at Stewart Stadium. I think that folks still recognize that we are still a very potent basketball uh, program here in Ogden. And so we wanted to open it up to our panel to get their questions for Waldo's Magic 8-Ball um, when it comes to hoops. So how about AC? How about you take us first? What's your first question for Waldo's Magic 8-Ball? My first question, we saw the Big Sky preseason polls come out and the coaches poll Weber State's number three. And in the media poll, we're number five. I, I just got to know if we're going to finish at least number three. So three or higher. Are we finishing three or higher? Okay. So the question, will the Weber State Wildcats finish at, at least number three in the conference going into the conference tournament in Boise in March? Shaking Waldo's Magic Gate Ball. And the answer is yes. No, unequivocally, just a yes. <laughs> Let's go. I love yeah, like, it. Yes. Yeah. I, I think uh, I think that's uh, maybe maybe the, this magic eight ball has turned the corner. I don't know. I, I like the answer already, so it's a good note to start things out, fellas. Uh, Sean Lewis, what's your what's your question for Waldo's magic eight ball? He didn't say it in the interview tonight, but Randy Ray has a mantra that uh, you win your games at home, you go five hundred on the road, 
you're going to have a pretty darn good season and finish in the top of your conference. So my question for Waldo's Magic 8-Ball, do we hit that 500 on the road? Do we go better than 500 in the big sky this season? Uh, Better than 500 on the road? Do I understand that correctly? That is correct. Okay, so uh, it's a critical season because of like we mentioned in the previous interview, there will be back-to-backs on the road. And so what will that look like? Will the Wildcats go greater than 500 on the road this season? Shaking Waldo's magic eight ball. The answer, don't count on it. So it looks like we're going to have a little bit of a a struggle on the road, but maybe Waldo's magic eight ball is wrong. So, But we're going to be at least top three in the conference, so we're square. (laughs) That's true. We ain't going to win on the road, but it doesn't matter. That means everybody else is losing on the road. Yeah, that's fine with me. All right, Chappie, what's your question for Waldo's Magic 8-Ball? Are we going to beat the Montana Grizzlies this year in basketball? A very a very awesome question and uh, one that, you know, I, I don't know if you all were there. I was there in the Purple Palace last season, and uh, the Wildcats did, in fact, beat the Montana Grizzlies. That was a nice feeling, especially since there was a Grizz fan sitting right behind me in my ear, making sure that uh, I had to hear all about it. And so it was very nice to see the Wildcats get the dub that night. So, shaking Waldo's Magic 8-Ball, will the Wildcats beat the Montana Grizzlies, who are ranked uh, number two in that poll? Looks like, better not tell you now. Ooh. <laughs> Waldo's Magic 8-Ball. Yeah, re-shake, re-shake. Yeah, re-shake. Waldo's Magic 8-Ball trying to soften the blow, man. Oh, okay. Well, AC, let's go back to you. You got one more question for Waldo's Magic 8-Ball? Of course. I've got a heck of a lot more than one, but we'll settle for one right now. Is this team going to have three players who average at least 10 points per game? Mm. That's, a, that's a good number. Uh, the question to Waldo's Magic 8-Ball, will we have at least three players averaging 10 points or more this season? Going to shake Waldo's Magic 8-Ball here. And the answer? As I see it, Yes. So hey, let's go. I know that sounds like we've got some con- contributors on the team. Uh, we're going to spread the ball around. Guys are going to be putting the ball in the hoop, and uh, that's what I want to see. So, wonderful answer, uh, Sean Lewis. Let's go back to you. What's your second question for Waldo's Magic Eight Ball? Uh, I want to take this from a different perspective. We talked about uh, wins on the road mattering, and we've got the uh, AC's prediction about conference finish. But but this is the one that I want. My favorite time of year is March. Uh, one of my favorite times of year is March. I take a guy's trip to uh, wherever the Big Sky Tournament is being held. I've not missed one since they went neutral site. I was there last year, even though they canceled it, and I only got to see uh, the Wednesday play-in games. So here's my question, Waldo's Magic 8-Ball. Do the Wildcats end the Big Sky Tournament in Boise with a victory? Are, are you asking if they win the conference tournament? Is that what you're asking? I'm asking if they end the tournament with a victory. You, you interpret that <laughs> only that one means. way to do that. Yeah. Only okay. one way to do that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll put it to, we'll put the question to Waldo's magic gate ball, just the way that Sean has given it to us. So Waldo's magic gate ball, will the wildcats end the conference tournament in Boise with the dub shaking Waldo's magic gate ball. The answer, a simple yes. So it's all you need to know. We're leaving Boise with a victory. Cutting down. It's all nets. you need to know. Let's go. Let's cut down the nets. It's been it's been too long. We have we've been waiting since 2016. Let's do it. Uh, that, that that leads us to Chappie. Chappie, what's your uh, second question for Waldo's Magic Eight Ball? Magic Eight Ball. Will we have fans 
in the stands at the D event center at any point this season. Okay. Uh, definitely something that I'm hoping we get a good answer on. Will we have fans in the purple palace at some point this season? Don't screw this up, Waldo. Do not screw this up, eight ball. I will come after you. Shaking Waldo's magic eight ball with threats from Chappie. The answer most likely. So looks like uh, we have a bit of optimism around hopefully being able to have fans at some point during the season, although it may not be necessarily in January. I was going to say, if there's no if there's no fans, I was going to sign up to be an usher um, because they will probably still have ushers, even though there's no fans, no one Weber State. <laughs> hey, so who made the offering to the Magic 8-Ball to get the, him to be so agreeable tonight? Like, how did this... How did this go down? There, well, there was we were due, bro. After last week, we were due. <laughs> there was yeah. an arrangement made here somewhere. But here's my thing. I'm not giving the, the Magic 8-Ball that much credit because they were non-committal when it came to beating the Grizz. So I don't know how I feel about that. Hey, I'll take a loss to the Grizz for a conference title and a trip to the NCAA tournament every single year. I stand with Sean. I just want it all. So, uh, great another session of Waldo's Magic 8-Ball, focusing on hoops this time. We'll hope that some of these predictions pan out and uh, look forward to the start of conference play in December, starting out with the Portland State Vikings. We have some upcoming events. They're not this week, but they're next week. Uh, Wednesday, November 25th, men's basketball will be playing Adam State in Ogden at 7 p.m. You will not be allowed in the arena for that game. However, you can watch it on Pluto TV, or you can listen to the harmonious and lovely voice of Steve Klauke, the voice of the Wildcats, on 103.1 The Wave. So you get to listen to it on FM this year, which is great. Uh, next, on Friday, November 27th, the women will get their chance. They're playing at Grand Canyon in Phoenix. Uh, that game will maybe be on Pluto TV. I don't know. Uh, they weren't. The app wasn't quite sure, and the time was not listed yet. So not quite sure. Time is TBA on that game, but that will be the, the women's first chance to play hoops on the road. Next, on Saturday, November 28th, the men will be on the road at Dixie State in St. George. That game will be at 2 p.m., not televised, but will be on the radio at 103.1 The Wave. And finally, Sunday, November 29th, women's basketball will have their home opener of sorts, even though fans will not be allowed in the Purple Palace, against Texas A&M International. That game will be at 3 p.m. and will be on Pluto TV. So with that, folks, we're going to wrap up the show tonight. If you feel like you have an idea or want to share some feedback with us, the best place to do that is at WeberStateWeekly at gmail.com. It's our email address. I personally mind that Gmail account. So if you send an email there, I'll probably respond to you. Uh, and uh, we'll, we're happy to get your feedback, your comments, whatever. You can also find us on social media. Like we said, at the top of the show, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us on any of those places and uh, feel free to invite your friends to like the, like the Facebook page or, you know, follow us on Instagram or Twitter. It's a great, great opportunity to grow the fan base. Uh, also, we, there's a Facebook group, Waver State uh, Wildcat Fans Facebook group. That's a great place to also interact with more Wildcat fans. And finally, we have a blog, WeberStateWeekly.com. Uh, we've been working on a number of pieces talking about football recruiting. So there are, I don't know, how many, how many pieces got per, uh, published this last week, AC? Two pieces last week. Two pieces last week, one written by AC, one written by myself. Took me a little longer than anticipated, but we got it out there. So please go to WeberStateWeekly.com and check out some of the latest news on who the football team is looking to reload coming, looking toward the fall season 2021. So uh, we appreciate Coach Ray and I senior guard Isaiah Brown for coming on the show today. And of course, our distinguished panel for always sharing their terrific takes. 
I'll say Weber State, Weber State. Great. 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 <laughs> Go Wildcats. Oh, <laughs> my